I don't normally start out a service like this or a message like this, but I feel prompted of the Holy Ghost to do so right now. Would you lift your hands right now? The Holy Ghost spoke to me to say that there are those among us tonight who in the last few days or weeks the enemy has came to you and tried to get you to question your position in the kingdom. And God would have you to know that Satan is a liar and that God's hand is upon your life. And that he has set you apart for a purpose that cannot be thwarted. The call of God upon your life is as powerful and as fresh as it's ever been. The potential for production is as powerful as it's ever been. And hell is a liar tonight. I want you to help me praise God right now. Woo, I feel the Holy Ghost. Jesus. Would you stand with me one more time for the reading of the word of the Lord? I'm going to the book of Isaiah, chapter 4. Thank you for all of you that have been letting your light shine in this community. Have been bringing souls to the house of God. I want to tell you that Jesus is the only hope for this world. I said Jesus is the only hope for this world. And in that day... Seven women shall take hold of one man, saying, We'll eat our own bread, wear our own apparel. Only let us be called by thy name to take away our reproach. In that day shall the branch of the Lord be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the earth shall be excellent and comely for them that are escaped of Israel. And it shall come to pass that he that is left in Zion and he that remaineth in Jerusalem shall be called holy, even every one that is written among the living in Jerusalem. When the Lord shall have washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion... And shall have purged the blood of Jerusalem from the midst thereof 
by the spirit of judgment and by the spirit of burning. And the Lord will create upon every dwelling place of Mount Zion and upon her assemblies a cloud and smoke by day and shining of a flaming fire by night. For upon all the glory shall be a defense. And there shall be a tabernacle for a shadow in the daytime from the heat. And for a place of refuge. And for a covert from storm and from rain. Everybody say this with me. Let the fire fall. You may be seated. Verse 4. In another version of the scripture says this. The Lord will wash away the filth from the daughters of Zion. He'll wash away the blood from Jerusalem with a spirit of judgment that burns like fire. He'll make everything pure. Then the Lord will create a cloud of smoke in the day and a bright flame of fire at night over every building and over every meeting of the people on the mountain of Zion. And there will be a covering over everyone for protection. I don't think it's any question tonight that the church is under attack. It's open season on pastors and the entire church as well. It is almost as though the world system is pushing the church into the corner and challenging the church to produce its credentials. Jesus said that half-hearted, lukewarm, indifferent Christians make him literally sick to his stomach. He says to them, I know your deeds and works that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were either one or the other, cold or hot. So then because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spew you out of my mouth. And this is what he says to remedy being lukewarm. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Hear your bishop tonight when I tell you that he's not coming back after a lukewarm church. He's not coming back after somebody or a body 
that is patty caking with the world and with the devil, but he's coming back after a church that is on fire. There has to be something that happens in this 21st century. Here in the year 2019, it is quite clear that something has got to happen. Something has got to change the condition of the world. Please hear me when I tell you that there is, there are a people that are looking for something that is real. There are a people that are looking for a church that can produce the fire. We're being questioned. We're being asked to back up what we believe the God of the Word says concerning many controversial issues in this day. Now, I'm not going to spit to the fifth row tonight, so if that's what it takes, I probably won't thrill you tonight. For example, when the church reminds people that the Word of God calls same-sex marriage, abortion, infidelity, etc., a sin. The immediate response is, Prove it. But the catch is, they don't want you to prove it with your Bible because they want a more humanistic, scientific kind of proof. It's kind of like Elijah and the prophets of Baal all over again. I want to tell somebody here the question that the world asks. The question that the secular humanist, the atheist, the LGBTQ, WXYZ love to ask us is do you have the goods? To back up your doctrine and your widespread claims? Or is the church just another institution that preaches one thing and practices another? Is the church today like the church of Laodicea, the only church? in which Jesus had absolutely nothing good to say about. 
Or can this church produce the fire the way it's supposed to be? Contrary to today's popular belief, I, I had to chuckle. Brother Lang, pastor called me right before I left the house tonight. He said they'd just gotten out of church. He said it was one of those non-denominational churches, one of those kind where they drink coffee in the sanctuary and have Bible study. You'll have to razz him about that when he gets home. But I, I want to I go, I am going somewhere with this tonight. Listen, this is what I believe about the first Pentecostal church. There is, there is an ushering in that's being prepared right now. The Holy Ghost is, has positioned this church. It is going to be a standard for an end time apostolic outpouring. Listen to me. This is not hype. I'm telling you what I've seen in the Holy Ghost and what I know in the Spirit. God is positioning this church to be an Elijah producing church the false prophets and false teachers and false churches in the world that we live that are trying to make the world believe that there's no cost or no sacrifice that's needed to produce revival that changes the lives of humanity and turns the world upside down is about to be challenged by a people that believe God to be God more than they believe the God of this world. Come on, I'm talking about... God is about to raise up a people that will, when they call the fire down, the fire will fall. The church is not a building comprised of bureaucracies denominations, auxiliaries, programs. The church is people, everyday people, down-to-earth people who are the ecclesia, the called-out ones. They or we have been called out of this sin-cursed world to perform a ministry to the people of the world. 
And only through the Holy Ghost will we be enabled to do so. That's why the Lord wanted me to start this service to tell somebody your position in the kingdom has been questioned. But God sent me on this Sunday night to tell somebody you need to step to the altar in your life and ask God to let the fire fall on you again. Church needs to recognize the fact that we're all tied together. There are no big eyes, little U's within the church body. The angel of the church must do his level best. That's the pastor, in case you don't know. To use every member that is willing to do his or her part. You, Paul puts it this way. The eye cannot say to the hand that I have no need of thee. I personally witnessed willing, able, anointed members just rusting away because of some wild, unfounded, unwarranted, preconceived notion of a pastor or another church leader had concerning them. But I, for one tonight, would tell you, I would rather wear out than rust out. But for the church to be alive and on fire... Everybody in this building has got to get involved. You've got to quit depending on just a few folk to get the job done. We all need to pray. We all need to fast. We all need to be in the altar. We all need to worship. We need the fire to fall. And you are the one that will produce the fire. Say, well, Bishop, what do we need the fire for? Because it's the fire that separates the real from the false. Well, now, you know what I... I'm kind of enjoying just sitting back here doing my thing. Look, I, I understand that there are those who are satisfied with just sitting in the pews and are more comfortable serving as one of the church's spectators. But a good pastor can and should encourage full participation. Do you know what a difference it will make in this church if we understand we all will 
and can make a difference. The world is waiting for the church to stand up and give its testimony. The church that God has called out. The church that God has anointed. The church that God has appointed to bring about a revival to a world that is definitely hurting. That church, that church is in Anderson, Indiana tonight. As a church, what are we going to say to him? We can't do what you called us to do because of all the aforementioned outside groups, satanic enforced powers over us. What a sad testimony that would be. What will our church leaders say to him? Listen, I know you don't know this. And I know that probably I may get in trouble for saying it. But I'm going to tell you that the apostolic church has got problems. Hear me right now. I know because we've been pretty sheltered here in this church in Anderson. I'm telling you, there are some problems in the leadership of the church. Because men have stepped up to the altar of acceptance. Stepped up to the altar of inclusion. Hear me right now. To the place of excluding the need for the fire to fall again. God help us. There needs to be a revival in the leadership of the church that says, God, no matter what, let the fire fall again. I know you're sitting on your throne, but I'm also sitting on my earthly throne. And I'll be one to decide who to use and not use when we come together as a church. If the church is to be alive and on fire, it'll take each and every one of us, not carefully selected few who are more loyal to the pastor than they are to God and the church. I know you're not going to help me right now, but I'm going to tell you, In the church, we're known for our programs, our special occasions. We have our way of doing things. But maybe, just maybe, we should allow our ways and all of those old unbiblical traditions to die and allow Jesus Christ to move within our churches tonight. You want to know why we need the fire to fall? We need the Holy Ghost to burn up some of the things we really have no need of. 
hear me right now and turn those things into ashes and let the fire of God fall upon the church burn out everything that's unlike him we ought to lay them down at the feet of Jesus and say we're utterly helpless in this ministry without your spirit without your power and without the fire we need to ask God to burn out those things that is that have kept us from being victors God is not raising a church full of victims. I know we live in a society that's full of victim mentality. But I'm going to tell you, we need the fire to fall. I said we need the fire to fall. We need the fire to fall on the hearts and minds of men and then women in the church that say, I'm not a victim, I'm not abused, I'm not rejected, I'm a child of God and the fire of His Spirit shall burn in me and when the fire of His Spirit burns in me, it will produce a revival that will turn the world upside down. I know, I understand things need to be done well. But I want you to hear your bishop tonight. We got to have a move of the Holy Ghost in this last day. We got to burn out those things that have left us at the mercy of an arch enemy, the devil. Things that have left us beaten down and depressed, and discouraged, and dejected, and defeated, and quite literally dying. we got to have the fire fall again to revive us and move us where God wants us to be. It's increasingly vital tonight that the Holy Ghost... And not ourselves be the one who leads us. Because we're sure there is another force that dominates us. A force that opposes the operation of the Holy Ghost. The other force is what the scripture calls the flesh. I believe tonight that I can tell you. That the flesh produces imperfection. The flesh produces all kinds of debauchery. The flesh produces cruelty and abuse. The flesh produces things that only the flesh can bring forth. 
when it is allowed to have its way in our life. I told you this morning that God is not interested in a leg or a head or a hand or even a heart. He wants to consume you with the fire of His Spirit. Listen, we get all cranked up about when folks receive the Holy Ghost. They speak in other tongues as the Holy Ghost gives the utterance. I love the Holy Ghost. I love to talk in tongues. But that's not all the Bible said was going to happen. John said, listen, there's one coming after me whose shoes I'm not worthy to reach down and unlatch. And he's coming to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Come on, somebody lift your hands and say, let the fire fall on me. Come on. Oh, God, we need the fire to fall again. You, you, you can be seated. Let me tell you what we need tonight. I know this is probably not a Sunday night message. But let me tell you something right now. We need to allow the Holy Ghost to come and take control. I didn't say operate like we tell it to. I said we need to come and let the, allow the Holy Ghost to come and take control. To let the Holy Ghost come and burn away those things that are hurting us in the church today. If you're here and you're a visitor, I hope you don't get the wrong impression. The church is the greatest thing on this earth besides relationship with Jesus Christ. But we got to get rid of some stuff out of the church because God has got something more in mind than just having church, just gathering in a place to worship Him. God's going to send people that are blind, that are deaf, that are crippled, that are possessed. God's about to send them through those doors. And when they come, we can't go through the motion we got to have the fire to fall. We're in a war. Spiritual war. So we got to throw out all our carnal weapons. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds in our spiritual 
warfare, one of our main concerns should be the removal of the fortress of Satan that he set up in our minds where our imagination and our thoughts reside. You don't know that the battlefield of this spiritual war we're fighting is in the mind? That's right. It's right. The battlefield is relatively small. It's only about six inches wide. However, it is the absolute worst battleground known to man. It is the space between your ears. Big battles, major battles are won or lost in the battlefield of the mind. And that's why Paul says, cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I am in a revival church. Hear me. Now when I say that, you all think that's really cool. But you need to go with me sometime. You see, I said earlier in the service, sometimes we take things for granted. I'm going to tell you something. Not every church has what you have right here. You better hear me. But make no mistake, because you have what you have The devil wants to do everything he can to keep you distracted, keep you disrupted, keep you confused, keep you off balance, keep you out of the house of God, keep you out of the prayer room. Come on, keep your money in your bank account instead of paying your tithe and offering. Oh, wait a minute, you didn't go there. I'm telling you right now, the devil wants you to believe that the kingdom of God is not worth investing in, but I'm telling you right now, God's getting ready to do something in these altars like you've never seen. And if you want to be part of the greatest apostolic revival that's ever happened, you better get the fire back in your life. Oh, Bishop, it's all right. I've been around this church a long time. I've seen them come and go. Hear me right now. Don't be fooled. Don't be fooled. Satan is a crafty and powerful foe with his eyes focused on the destruction of God's church. He wants to be an evil Firefighter, so to speak. He wants to throw water buckets on your marriage. 
He wants to throw water buckets on your relationship with your man of God. He wants to throw water buckets on your prayer life. Come on, you're not going to help me, are you? He wants to throw water buckets on the things that create the move of God that causes not only you to be blessed, but those around you to be blessed. The enemy wants to throw water buckets on it. But the old prophet said, you bring all the water you want to bring. You just fill up the ditches. You cover the sacrifice. But when God gets done, you're going to know who is God. Come on, I'm trying to help somebody. It's time that you put your God to the test. Why don't you ask Him to let the fire fall on your family? Let the fire fall on your marriage. Let the fire fall in your prayer life. Let the fire fall in your relationship with God. Let the fire fall. Please understand me when I tell you I've preached too many messages just to get up here and preach another message. If I know anything in the Holy Ghost, I know what this church needs right now is for the fire to fall. What? Listen, I, I, now, now I'm getting ready to meddle a little bit. There's something wrong with the church. I shouldn't say the church. There's something wrong with some folks in the church. When the word of God is going forth in the sanctuary and there's a gathering in the foyer of folks that really need to hear what's being said in the sanctuary. Come on. I'm I'm about to take my bishop role here. There's something wrong with you when there's prayer going on in the prayer room and you're not in the prayer room where everybody's praying. Don't point your finger at me and say you're being judgmental. I'm telling you what you need. You need the fire to fall on your prayer life again because if you ever needed anything to sustain your relationship with God, it's prayer the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Nothing's going to get better in your life until you learn to pray. Sit down. Pastor probably never let me preach again. When the church receives power, It can bring down Satan's strongholds and demolish the opposition. The word authority, the Greek is exousia, is often translated power in the English Bibles. The word for power is dunamis, which means ability or strength to accomplish. Hear me, true power is exercised under genuine authority and God delegates that authority. That's why we don't need the world to see us. We need the world to see God in us. 
I don't read anywhere where the showdown at the altar when it was all said and done. They said, wow, look at Elijah. Uh-uh. They talked about the God of Elijah. I want to help somebody here. I'm, 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 I'm going to close. I'm going to tell somebody here. Jesus said, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons or the dates. The Father has set by his own authority. But you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. I've been troubled. I've been troubled. He said, you will be witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, to all the ends of the earth. Come here, Brother Stephen. How long have you been in the church? Uh, 26 years. In 26 years. Do you remember in your early walk with God, how long you had the Holy Ghost? You remember in your early walk with God, you grew up in Greentown. You remember in your early walk with God, you remember when there were folks in the altar praying and seeking God. Do you remember folks walking out of the sanctuary in your early relationship with God? Do you remember... Folks walking out of the sanctuary when folks were in the altar praying, seeking God. Do you remember that? Come here, Brother Miller. How long you been in the church? Grew up in Mississippi. You remember those altar services in Mississippi when you were a boy? Your, was your mama in church? Yes, she let you leave the sanctuary when there were folks in the altar praying? Not at all. Not at all. What the old man of God tell you? Stay in the church. Stay in the sanctuary until church is over. Why? God was moving. Some of you are moving in your seat a little bit. Listen to me right now. I'm telling you, there's something wrong. Not with the church, but with us on an individual basis. When there are people that are hung between heaven and hell. And if somehow they don't break through on the day that they walk through those doors and come down the aisle and stand in these altars, if we don't do something or have something that helps them to break through into the eternal, they may never get back. I submit to you that what we need is the fire to fall upon us again.
well, you even sit down. Well, Bishop, I, you know, I'm tired. I've worked all week. I did good just to make it to church today. Listen to me. Brother Frank Diaz, when you came to the church, you were an addict, you were broken. And somebody stayed with you until you were made whole. Is that right? Would you have been made whole if they left you at the altar by yourself? You know what would have happened? Those old false prophets of Baal would have stayed at that altar calling on Baal. And the old prophet of God never showed up or just walked away. Oh, look at those poor souls. They're never gonna, they're never gonna see what they're they're asking for. But you know, I got bigger, I, I got bigger things to do than to fool with a bunch of false prophets. Oh, God help us right now. I want a holy conviction to fall on this sanctuary right now. No, Elijah said, I'm not going to leave these altars until the fire falls. Oh, hear me right now. And they know who God is. Then call on the name of your God and I will call on the name of the Lord the God who answers by fire. He is God. Then all the people said what you say is good. They tried their level best They prayed, they cried, they cut themselves. What do you think this world is doing? They screamed. They were extremely emotional. But when you skip down a little ways to about verse 29... Midday passed and they continued their frantic prophesying until the time for the evening sacrifice. But there was no response. No one answered. That's what the world's getting today. When they pick up a pill bottle or they stick a needle in their arm or they commit suicide. That's what the answer that the world is getting 
today. They call, they cry, they scream, they cut, they beg, they plead, they try in every way to try to get some answers. And their God never shows up. Then the fire of the Lord fell and burned the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, the soil, and also licked up the water in the trench. And when all the people saw this, they fell prostrate on the oh, and cried, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He God we need a blast of burning fire in this church again that no amount of water can quench uh, hear me right now the world needs to know that the Holy Ghost still produces miracles still brings deliverance still opens prison doors, still sets the captive free. We need the fire to fall. There ought not be one person in this sanctuary standing or sitting where you are in your seat right now. You ought to be in this altar somewhere falling on your knees or your face before God and saying to God, would you let the fire fall in my life? My son is dependent on it. My daughter is dependent on it. My family is dependent on the fire to fall. They're never going to make it on their own. They need the fire to fall in the church. Come on, would you help me right now? Would you help me pray right now? 